Hello, and welcome back to the PSC in Conversation. The PSC is a specialist consultancy dedicated to making public services brilliant. So if you share our passion, this is the podcast for you. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button whenever you listen to podcasts if you'd like to stay up to date with everything you need to know about the big issues affecting the public sector right now. Today is International Women's Day, a day to celebrate the achievements of women across the world. As part of the PSC's International Women's Day celebration, we are launching a podcast mini-series featuring our fantastic The PSC alumni who have gone on to do great things in the public sector. These powerhouse women talk about what inspires them, their experiences, both positive and negative, navigating their career as a woman and the hopes for the future of the public services. A diversity of voice in the public sector is so crucial to creating the services that work for everyone. So we're pleased to have a chance to discuss this and more with these fantastic women. Today, I am thrilled to introduce Caroline Cake. Caroline is entrepreneur in residence at Oxford Science Enterprises. She was previously at Health Data Research UK, where she was CEO and Before that, she was a director at the PSC. Hi, Caroline. Welcome to the PSC podcast. Thank you. Delighted to be here. Fantastic. Um, So um, getting stuck into the questions, um, can you start by telling us a little bit about what brought you to your present um, career at Oxford Sciences Enterprises? Oh, gosh. So um, a bit of a journey, I guess, from uh, the PSC, um, which I left a few years ago and um, then joined somewhere called Health Data Research UK, which is the National Institute for Health Data Science. Um, and while I was there, I learned a huge amount about health data um, and the impact it could have on all sorts of diseases. And this was particularly exemplified through COVID, where we were very much at the heart of um, setting up the kind of data infrastructure to support all sorts of COVID research. And from that, I then um, knew that I really, I'd always wanted to really apply this um, kind of the, the the use of data to neurodegenerative diseases. It's um, particularly to dementia. It's something very has always been very close to my heart and family um, uh, kind of aspects and, and things associated with that. And so I wanted to see whether we could actually build a be possible to build a business in this space. And really, um, Oxford Science Enterprises was a fantastic opportunity to both bring access to the science um, and lots of great science happening in this space, and also, but also the kind of commercial expertise and investment needed to really make this happen at scale, at pace. So really, it was kind of a very opportune kind of combination of things that took me over to join OSE. Fantastic. It sounds very exciting. Um, can you tell us a little more about your time at the PSC and how it set you on that path? Yeah, um, really. I mean, it was obviously a very big part of my career in terms of I was there for about um, eleven to twelve years altogether. And um, so for me, it was it was really, um, I guess, three big things that I, I got from the experience. One was how to build a business. Um, really learning from when I joined, there were just four of us at the start, um, and how to really grow a values-based business was was a really interesting and important part of my kind of experience there. Um, second one, which is, um, I guess, pretty obvious in terms of the the, the role working with clients um, in public services, learning. And what was great about the PSC, I found, was the ability to be very close to the client, working on the client site, um, and really having an in-depth understanding of what it was like to be in a hospital, what it was like to run a hospital, what it was like to be a clinician in a hospital. Um, and that on-site experience was incredible. And I, I really think that was one of the most um, kind of important parts of my experience um, altogether, um, not beyond the PSC. 
and and um and also the learning we we did a lot of mentoring i know um capability program was something that kind of established uh while, while i was there and that learning from mentor mentees rather as well was was really interesting and learning from their experiences and helping them to kind of think through their problems i i, I got a huge amount out of that and I say the third thing that I got from the experience was really um, the tools and the approaches. I use them all the time. I still use them all. So um, uh, the problem definition sheet, the hypothesis tree, the boat chart, those I find incredibly useful tools and techniques and approaches. So um, and use them today. So <laughs> I'm very, very. So I think I got a lot out of the experience. Fantastic. Um, could you tell me a little bit more about the mentee? program you just mentioned i'm not so familiar with that myself yeah so um we had um programs of people going through capability building um experiences and where they were we were giving them the different training aspects in there but then they applied it um as mentors as um as mentees and we would then mentor them through that experience so over a period of six months they would then be applying the the kind of problem solving tools and techniques to projects within the um the organization they're within so it might be a hospital um might be part of the home office um so and we were then supporting them through that so I actually learned from, and I might have at any time 10, 10 mentees who I was working with. So I'd have, in addition to my own core projects, I'd have all my mentees projects where I was actually learning from the challenges and the experiences that they were dealing with. And, and not only from that, but then built really long-term relationships with those people. So that was a really important part of the experience as well for me. Fantastic. It's great to hear that that's translated, especially now you've moved in sort of into the pri- private sector. What drew you specifically to to OSI? So um, the it's actually called OSE now. So it's a, it's a change in names and things from there. It's optimized <laughs> enterprises. No, no, no problem at all. Um, it was a combination of um, a series of conversations with people and uh, the, the the conversation around actually the opportunities in the neurodegenerative space was what I was particularly interested in. And they were looking for um, people with the skills who could grow and develop businesses in that area. They were looking to make the investments in that space and had a lot of, kind of the scientific expertise. I was looking to grow an organization in that space. So it was just a very nice partnership of different areas and um, different skills on that. It's great to hear that that sort of public sector background has really translated into the private sector. Yeah, and that, and that's something I'm actually um, really keen to it's been throughout my my really my career from um, uh, the PSC onwards is actually the the trying to well effectively seeing I, I don't see the boundaries between these different environments um, I see as being less important than the connections and skills and transfer across them so that we we none of the, the types of problems that the environment I'm working in be it COVID or be it neurodegenerative disease cannot be solved by one organization or one sector alone these are multi-sector problems so it is absolutely crucial that you have the expertise and investment coming in from the commercial sector you have the scientific expertise from the academic sector you have the the public service um, operational expertise from the public sector and the charitable components as well in terms of the the people with the knowledge of who who are living with the diseases so the these are multi kind of um, factorial problems that need multiple different people coming together to solve them. Fantastic. Thank you. Um, and I have to say, having recently joined the PSC and looking at sort of life sciences opportunities um, from our public sector perspective, I'm seeing that from the other side as well. So it, it's really, mm-hmm. really great to hear you um, hear you reflect back um, similar values from the um, from the private sector. Um, taking a little bit of a, a shift in direction now, um, the, the purpose or the reason for this podcast was International Women's Day, which is fantastic mm. and something that I think should 
should really be celebrated um, uh, with gusto. Um, so um, as it is International Women's Day, um, we would love to hear about role models, potentially female, but not necessarily, um, that have encouraged or inspired you um, from a young age. Yes, a really interesting question. That I did have... Um fantastic role models when I was younger, but none of them were females. I have had female through my career, but if it's starting kind of that really young age and things, uh, I started, so my, my first, um, my degree was engineering. I took a year off before um, university to study as an, to, to work as an engineer. And it was really my grandfather who was an engineer, and my father who thought engineering was a great career for women, um, who really in, encouraged me to take that step. I would never have thought about engineering had, had it not been for both of them encouraging me to say, actually, we think this is a really great opportunity to go and to do that. I then took a year off, worked in a factory near um, Southampton before going to university and had a fantastic mentor there called um, John Lewis. And he um, he encouraged me. He, he basically encouraged me to think about a career in engineering, but also the combined business and thinking beyond the kind of um, perhaps the traditional approaches in doing it and, and introduced me to applying to awards and, um, and, and thinking about doing an MBA in the future and all these things I'd never even heard of. So it was they all three of them encouraged me to really think much more much more broadly and bolder and and going beyond what other people around me were doing so they helped me to kind of have the confidence to do something that actually looked quite different to what other people were doing at the time they sound like fantastic champions they were they were brilliant and um uh really helped me at that stage and, and there was no way i would have done what i've done without without the three of them really um Okay, fantastic. And then you mentioned sort of encountering female role models within your career. Mm. Um, can you tell me a little more about those and how they how they came to influence you? Yes. Um, so I've had some wonderful um, people who, so female, great female managers, for example, who um, were really, uh, I think, comfortable and com- confident in themselves, and so set an expectation around them. Of which gave me comfort and um, to, to to be myself as well. Uh, so I had when I um, my first job after university was at ICI, and I had uh, a wonderful female manager called uh, Helen Broom. Um, and then when I was at McKinsey, um, shortly after that, um, I had um, a, a great woman called Vivian Hunt was my um, uh, manager, the career manager at that time. And from them, they each had at that point young families, um, and they were both combining life and work and being great people at the same time. And they just set a very good examples of how to, how to be at work and how to combine your life in a in way that um, actually you could do an awful lot of different things and you could still be a great, nice person as, uh, along with it. Um, so that was, they, they, they were really, both of them were very pivotal to me. And then I think as a consultant, I've also seen um, when I was um, working both at McKinsey and the PSC, um, I've had a really, um, I guess, privileged view on on um, many women uh, leaders and chief executives and seeing each of them kind of operating close up has been really interesting on board settings or running their organizations. And I think there were two who particularly stood out for me in that setting. Um, so there was a, um, a wonderful woman called Leslie Dwyer at um, Medway, and then um, someone called Alwyn Williams who at Barts. And both of them um, had incredibly challenging um, issues that they were having to address, really complex roles, 
but they manage them with grace, with humour, with kindness, um, and and really with humility as well. They were very open and listening to different aspects, and and as a result, you saw them build a really deep loyalty and commitment around them. And I just thought that they were just great examples of how I'd want to be if I as I as I worked and um, and developed my career. They sound very very um, inspiring as individuals, mm, yeah, um, gender champions. Um, and gender diversity, I mean, it's important in so many settings, um, but um, particularly um, pivotal in the workplace and in, um, for young female graduates, I think, um, inspiring to, to hear about these leaders. Um, how much diversity have you seen in your career to date? And have you felt that your career has at any stage been impacted by your gender? Um it's interesting. I, I, it's, it's always hard to divorce yourself from your um, from from the kind of what, what's actually had been pivotal impactful on that. I think starting as an engineer in the nineties, um, when so my first job, um, the one before university, I mentioned earlier, I was the most senior female engineer, aged eighteen, in a department of fifty engineers. Um, so it's, it's always been very present in terms of um, through through my career. But I think of anything, I. I I probably have benefited rather than being negatively impacted from it because I've been, I've been unusual. I've been, I've kind of stood out in that setting. It's, it's, it's meant that people have noticed me and things. So that has probably helped me rather than hindered me. I, I haven't really had um, negative experiences that have, that have caused me a problem from that point of view. Um, but I think it's, it's, I think until it wasn't actually, I found when I, um, I went into, um, to Harvard when I was, um, and did a, an MBA there, uh, probably in my late twenties. And that for me was probably from a diversity inclusion point of view, a bit of a wake up call of actually seeing uh, the classes at Harvard were very, very diverse in terms of um, deliberately. So in terms of different ethnicities, different nationalities, different genders in terms of and actually that was really quite um, it was incredibly inspiring, um, but also it really stood out for me how different the environment I'd come from previously was. So I think that was what, what was quite stark. So for example, um, I had around me in my class of 100 people, unbelievably kind of confident, capable, charismatic um, black students around me. And I just hadn't seen, I just only realized I hadn't experienced that there weren't in my previous working environments. And this was this was before Obama kind of came, came into the, this was in the early um, 2000s. Um, and I think as I came back to the UK, just seeing well, how are we bringing these people through in, in our world and things and, and that. And I just think that was I, I was really quite horrified how that hadn't happened in the UK yet. That's interesting. And what approach do you think um, Harvard had taken to to get that sort of diversity of, of class? They'd taken a very deliberate approach. So they had, it, it just and, and, and for me, the lesson at that point is these things don't just happen by accident. You don't just suddenly get um, 50% uh, um, engineers are women by accident. That's just not going to happen over time. You deliberately make it happen. Um, and and for me, that was the, the from, and it was something that then when I was at um, HCI UK, I, I then started developing, I developed a program called the Black Interns Program because I could see in, in health data science, uh, there really were no black, very, very few um, black health data scientists. So if we, if to change that you need to do deliberate actions to make a change that is yes completely agree that's um that's fantastic and actually a black interns program is something that we at the psc are now um and are looking to start or to be involved with this year um what about sort of in the workplace or manifested from the workplace are there any approaches to improving diversity 
um, that have inspired you that you've seen other people? Yes. Yeah, so um, we had a, um, a fantastic consultant called Katie Metzler, who was um, at the PSC, and she took over our recruitment program. Um, seven, this was um, gosh, many years ago now, but um, and she introduced a program called um, The Applied, which was a kind of blind um, recruitment program approach in terms of you would bring, um, and I, I, I'm assuming you guys still use it or have used something similar. And that was a real eye opener to, um, we had all sorts of entrenched views as to how you do interviewing and and surprise, surprise, you, interview, you end up selecting people who look rather like yourself. And this was just a, a very clever approach of actually thinking about how you blind the approach and then um, and then you and then interview um, at the second stage from there, and I think that was just a very um, helpful way of just putting structures and approaches in that help des- design out biases, um, and while still in, and 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 also sending a signal to the the people who are applying that actually we are looking for a broader um, and we are genuinely trying to create an, um, uh, a kind of open open um, and level playing field for people. Fantastic. Um, really interesting to hear that that's a, a female-led sort of break the bias initiative, which um, leads me smoothly on actually to the topic for this year's International Women's Day, um, or the theme is break the bias. Um, so thinking about yourself, um, how do you manage your own biases um, or biases that you see around you in your workplace? Gosh, it is um, really difficult because it is so intrinsic to each of us on that. Um, and and it's, I've, I actually notice it as I've I'm just changed roles at the moment. And so when you're in flux and you're meeting lots of different people and your environment is kind of changing on that, your biases are a kind of shorthand to guide you. So I am very conscious that it is a, um, a, a, a something that you constantly need to be thinking about and, and addressing. Um, so I think really the first thing is being aware that um, all of us have biases and um, we all have gaps in our knowledge. And I think actually then learning how to create deliberately create bridges between us and other people um so for for me in terms of i think it's really it's actually being acknowledging where i think i am and and then trying to ask the questions of myself and then reaching out to other people who can help me to help me answer and to learn and fill my gaps in knowledge um so on a um i guess on a personal note uh we uh was a few years ago we um as, as a family, we brought in, um, we, we reached out to a kind of refugees at home program and um, had um, various people who recently gained asylum come and stay with us. Um, so it was one from Iraq, um, uh, a couple from South Sudan. And actually it was just having people in your home, getting to know them, getting to understand what on earth a journey um, across the Mediterranean um, or in the back of a lorry, et cetera, was actually like and what that is to experience from people who you're talking to over the dinner table is I, I just found that incredibly helpful and informative for us. It helped them by giving them a bed um, to stay in and things, but but it's just really important to keep making connections and asking questions and not to feel embarrassed about asking questions because it, I think that's also part of where the problem comes. I found that at the start of the Black Interns Programme, feeling embarrassed about actually, am I allowed to ask this? Can I do this? Is it? And you need to ask the question because if you don't, we none of us do anything. So I think it's really important to continually inform and, and and talk to people and, and start to learn and, and acknowledge where you don't know things. I think it's fantastic that you that you really seek out and acknowledge, like you say, have the confidence to acknowledge your own potential shortcomings and and seek out ways to fill that gap. Um, I think that's um, that's something that's really inspiring. Um, for I have a long, long way to go, but. <laughs> <laughs> 
don't we all? Um, on that note, what what advice would you give to women starting out their careers now? What advice would you have given perhaps to yourself as that 18-year-old engineer? Yeah, it's a um, good one. I, I think my advice would be the same to, to um, men and women um, starting their careers out on that. So I, I think um, well, the, fir- the first is that um, your career is long, so you have a lot of time to do a lot of great things. So uh, not to feel like that first job or the first year or the first is is the be all and end all and and you you can make mistakes you can learn you can do all sorts of things and there are many years ahead of you Uh, but but it is important to use that time well so I think really encouraging people to be bold to be brave but also to be proactive don't assume that um, there's some magical career manager managing your career for you they aren't Um, you you are responsible for your career and you need to, to kind of take that responsibility um, I think the other piece that I mentioned kind of earlier on was the, the being kind and respectful um, to other people around you. You To get on, you don't need to be mean. You can get on by being a nice person. Um, and I think that's important to, um, to, to kind of for all of us to kind of be remembering on that. Um, and then I think there's the, um, the, the uh, also kind of not to not to take, waste time being bored or resentful or being petty, but to kind of think, through actually, if you are feeling like that, then make the change, change something. There's an awful lot in your gift to do um, without going into, um, um, as those who know me, I'm I'm not very tolerant of whingers. Um, And so I think it's actually thinking, what what are you going to do about this? Uh, So thinking through how you you take kind of agency for things. And really my my kind of final one would be around um, uh, just continue questioning and learning. So keep asking those questions that are bubbling up in your head, like why are we doing something like that? Um, then pursue them. It's the questions that take you to interesting places. And I think I found that through my career. It's the, it's as I'm thinking, that looks odd, that's strange. Why is that happening? Or how could that do differently? That's then that's what's given me the kind of the impetus to then keep to pursue a route and, and to go further. Thank you for that, Carrie. I think that sounds like incredibly um, applicable advice to to everybody listening, actually. Um, so so really really insightful and I agree with you on the um, particularly on the being solutions oriented um, and not wasting time on negativity it's um, I think it's something we all do and all can all work on (laughs) absolutely and I'm definitely in that camp as well (laughs) and um, so tell me I'm aware you've you've recently joined Oxford Sciences Enterprises but um, but what's coming up next for you what are you excited about at the moment oh gosh lots so I'm I'm incredibly excited about the new role that I'm in at the moment so the the opportunity to build something in neurodegenerative disease means a huge amount to me you've got um, there are 50 million people globally living with Alzheimer's disease now could be growing to 130 million um, by 2050 so this is a huge huge problem and having the opportunity to to try and do something about it and to to add something that could actually I don't by bringing together the amazing scientific skills and expertise we could get to faster answers on these diseases so I'm just very excited about having the the chance to do that and um, and hopefully the chance to to really make a difference in that space that sounds something that I'm I'm excited for you and to (laughs) see where this journey takes you Exactly. I'm sure there's going to be all sorts of twists and turns. So um, yes, it's going to be, but uh, yeah, it's going to be, that's, that's life really, isn't it? Yes, indeed. So Carrie, thank you so much um, for taking, taking the time out um, to speak with us. It was an absolute pleasure um, and happy International Women's Day. Thank you. You too. Thanks, Isabel. Okay. Bye. Bye. 
This has been the PSE in Conversation. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back with another episode very soon. If you like what you heard, subscribe where you get your podcasts to make sure you don't miss out. And we'd love to hear from you with questions, comments, or suggestions at hello at the PSE.co.uk.